Welcome to The Anxious Adventure. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey. I am so thrilled you're here for my very first episode. My name is Katie Schlegel. I'm your host of The Anxious Adventure podcast, and I'm an anxious adventurer. I know that sounds contradicting, but I'm here to tell you that if the thought of traveling somewhere brings up those feelings of anxiety, you've come to the right place. I've traveled to over 17 countries around the world. I've lived in Buenos Aires, Argentina, and trekked across South America solo. I don't say these things to impress you. No, that's not what I'm here for. I say these things to let you know that every single one of those experiences had moments where my anxiety made me feel like I could not do it. So if that's how you feel or have ever felt, you're not alone. My vision for this podcast is to connect you to the amazing world around us, to bring cultures and stories of distant lands to your doorstep, or earbuds, that is. In today's very first episode, I'm taking you on a trip halfway around the world to an island nation called Papua New Guinea. If you're not familiar with this country, don't worry. We're gonna explore this beautiful land together. And while we are jet setting off to this amazing place, I want you to keep this question in the back of your mind. Is fashion a key component in getting to know a culture? I'm going to share with you how my first trip abroad helped me find my love of learning about different cultures and how fashion played a major part in developing my answer to that question. All right, let's grab our passports because we're about to embark on an amazing adventure to Papua New Guinea. I want to welcome you to Papua New Guinea, and you didn't even have to fly all day and night to get here. How cool is that? Trust me. That flight is long. So, are you ready for some country facts? Let's get to know Papua New Guinea a little bit. Papua New Guinea is an island in the Pacific Ocean, just above Australia. It's only half of the island of New Guinea. The other half was formerly known as Irangira. You may have heard of Papua New Guinea as it is known for its frequent earthquakes, being that it lives right on the Ring of Fire. The country's geography is very diverse, and in places, extremely rugged. A spine of mountains known as the New Guinea Highlands runs the length of the island of New Guinea, forming a populous highlands region mostly covered with tropical rainforests. This terrain has made it difficult for the country to develop a transportation framework. Some areas are accessible only on foot or by airplane or by boat. The country is also known for having one of the planet's largest remaining tropical rainforests. You may be thinking, what's with the encyclopedia of facts, Katie? Well, this is one super simple way I help deal with my travel anxiety. Learning about the country I'm traveling to beforehand really seems to put things in perspective for me. Plus, it gets me really excited for my trip. I'll explain more about the concept behind this in the next episode, though. Don't worry. 
One of the most amazing things about Papua New Guinea is that there are over 830 known languages spoken here. I'll say that again. Over 830 known languages spoken in Papua New Guinea. It boasts approximately 1,000 different cultures. 1,000. I know, I keep on repeating myself, but I just want your brain to wrap around that concept. It is definitely one of the most diverse countries in the world. To help put this into perspective, the landmass of Papua New Guinea is a little larger than the size of the state of California. It has over 600 islands, and the government estimates the country's population to be around 9.4 million. So let's get back to the languages, though. I really want you to understand this. <laughs> On average, there are 8,200 people speaking the same language over an area of 209 square miles per language. And in some places, only 2,000 people can speak the same language and live in an area of less than two square miles. How crazy is that? The diversity of languages was one of the things that blew my mind while I was there, and it still does. Because of the diversity, many styles of cultural expression have emerged. Each group has created its own expressive forms in art, dance, costumes, singing, music, fashion, and much more. And this is the perfect segue into how I was introduced to fashion and culture on an afternoon outing to a local market in Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea was my first trip out of the country. I was 16, and the only reason my parents were okay with me going was because my brother Andrew and now sister-in-law Jaina were also going on this trip with me. I was so excited. It was to be a trip of a lifetime, and quite honestly, I remember almost every moment. With our bags packed and ready to go, we set off on a journey to another part of the world. The flight was around 15 hours straight from Los Angeles to Sydney, Australia. From there, we hopped on another flight to Port Moresby, Papua New Guinea, which was another five hours or so. I told you, the flight was long. I remember stepping off the airplane in Port Moresby into an intense heat. It engulfed me. One that my body from Southern California was not used to at all. We were to spend six weeks in Papua New Guinea learning about the cultures, the terrain, the people who lived there, and diving into the languages, or really just one language, known as Tokpisin, also known as Pidgin. Pidgin is an English-based Creole language that is currently the most widely spoken language in the country. It was going to be an intense six weeks, to say the least. Since Papua New Guinea is a more conservative country, the dress is as well. It is, and was back then, a sign of respect, being a woman from another country, to wear long skirts or dresses. Pants or shorts were not what you wore as a woman in Papua New Guinea. It's just how it was and still is today. That being the case, about a week and a half in, I was completely over wearing the same clothes again and again. So when I heard we were going to the market in town, I was more than ready to spend my money on some new skirts. 
The day, again, was hot. And we loaded into our all-terrain vehicles, piled in the back of a truck, with no seatbelts. We just had to hang on to something and hope for the best, hoping we wouldn't fly out of the vehicle as we traveled along those back, bumpy country roads. Sometimes I wonder how I came back from any of my trips in one piece. (laughs) The compound where we were staying was miles away from the city center, so it took a little while to get there. When we finally arrived, I remember three distinct things. One, the gorgeous fabrics that were piled high under this huge grass canopy. Two, the amazing jewelry laid out on brightly colored fabrics and hand-woven bags in every color you could imagine. And the third thing I remember quite well were the bathrooms. Goodness gracious, I think I could probably do a whole episode on public toilets while traveling and the anxiety that brings up. Note to self. (laughs) We had the afternoon to explore the portion of the city where the markets were. As I walked up and down the market pathways, the sights and sounds overwhelmed me. But in a good way. I didn't know where to begin, so I started with the fabric area. There were so many choices. One fun thing was that the person there managing the fabrics showed us how to create a skirt from a piece of cloth. It was my first introduction to wrap skirt. I selected two pieces of fabric, one that was mint green with purple, green, and black floral patterns, and the other one was brown and black with bright royal blue fishes swimming all over it. I still have both of these pieces to this day. Talk about your quality. They cut and sewed the edges for us right then and there. And voila, I had two new wrap skirts. How cool is that? The rest of the afternoon I spent walking up and down the market, looking at the jewelry and the woven bags. I literally could have spent all day there. Their jewelry was mostly made of brightly colored beads and seashells. The artisans were masters at their craft. I purchased so many necklaces, a few bracelets, and a couple woven bags, and I still have many of those pieces too. In fact, I use one of my woven bags on just about every overnight and road trip I go on, and it still looks exactly like it did when I purchased it 24 years ago. This market was my first introduction to how fabric, jewelry, and bags played a major part in shaping different cultural groups in Papua New Guinea. And to me, it was the first time I really got to connect with the Papua New Guinea culture. It was so amazing to see how each artisan created something unique and different. It was a piece of their culture woven into a necklace, a bracelet, or a bag. And at the end of the day, I got to take home a piece of that culture with me to remember them by. Every time I pull those pieces out or get compliments on them when I wear them, I get to remember all the things that I learned about the Papua New Guinea culture. It's an opportunity for me to tell the story about where I got them from and how amazing Papua New Guinea is. Since this outing to the local market in Papua New Guinea, I've learned When I travel, I have the opportunity to create connections to someone else's culture through the traditions of their fashion. 
It's amazing how the memories stay connected to those pieces. That's what they do for me at least, and I wonder if you have a piece of jewelry, a bag, or clothing from your travels that instantly connects you to that time and place. It can be pretty powerful. So coming back to the question I posed to you in the beginning of this episode, can fashion be a key component in getting to know culture? You may have already formed your answer, but here's a little more food for thought. A while back, I was watching TV and a commercial came on. It was one of those ones where a person describes how it has been to connect with their heritage, their ancestry, through taking one of those ancestry tests. I sat there and listened to a woman who I have never met describe to me what it meant to her to find out more about her culture. She found out she was 26% Nigerian. The next moment, it shows her putting on a gili, a hat worn by women in Nigeria. She puts it on her head, and she says this. I put a gili on my head, and I looked into the mirror, and I was trying not to cry, because it's a hat. But it's the most important hat that I've ever owned. As she described what she was feeling when she connected to her heritage, to her culture, through a hat, I got goosebumps. I still do, even now. Why? Well, this is the positive power and effect a culture's fashion is able to have on us. Ralph Lauren beautifully stated, Fashion is about something that comes from within you. And to me, that is why she had so much emotion behind owning a hat. She connected with a part of her culture, a part of herself she never even knew before. When you travel, a culture's fashion can be a way to connect with someone who's different from you and give you the ability to connect with a part of yourself you never knew before. It can bridge those gaps between language barriers and differences in a way that nothing else can. Before I started my online fashion boutique, Mariposa Skies, I really had to ask myself honestly, is fashion even relevant and getting to know a culture. Since that trip to Papua New Guinea, I knew I wanted to learn more about different cultures. So when I started my business, to me, the most important component that I really wanted to have come across was a way to connect people together from different worlds. I knew I was passionate about this from the first time I set eyes on that market in Papua New Guinea. And that is what I wanted to create, a way for people to experience the same connection I did when I held those artisan pieces in my hands. That same connection that woman felt when she placed the gili on her head. Just take a moment and think about a piece you've purchased on your travels, whether it be jewelry, clothing, or even a piece of art. You can't help but think of that place every time you pull it out and wear it, can you? It instantly reconnects you to that time and place and most likely the artisan or person you bought it from. Their culture intermingles with yours and becomes a part of your story. Same goes for when someone compliments you on that piece you bought on your travels. It opens up a door and it gives you the opportunity to tell that person about your experience 
where you bought it and who you bought it from, continuing that connection. To me, fashion is a way to express who you are. It can bring color and brightness into your life. It can help you feel more confident and bold. And it can give you the ability to shine your light and tell your story, as well as the story of others. That's why when I travel, clothing, jewelry, and bags are the mementos I choose to remember each trip with. And each time I wear one of those special items, all the memories come flooding back to me, and I can't help but smile. And now, coming back to the question, is fashion an important component in getting to know a culture? You know my answer to that question. Now it's your turn to decide. That's it for the very first episode of The Anxious Adventurer. Thank you for joining me on this trip to Papua New Guinea. We did it. We made it. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed it and will come back and listen to my next episode. If you're on Instagram, give me a follow on my Instagram at MariposasGuys. That's where I'll be sharing all the visuals of each podcast episode, including some great throwback photos of this trip to Papua New Guinea. Again, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you learned a little, laughed a little, or at the very least, it put a smile on your face. And please, come back for my next episode as I share how I fell in love with this thing called travel. Until next time, besos. Ciao!